This episode of Open Mind is sponsored by Very.co.uk. I can't believe I'm already thinking about Christmas for the kids. And did you know that Very.co.uk have all the biggest brands everyone is talking about, such as Barbie, LOL Dolls and Frozen? Just go to Very.co.uk and search Christmas. Welcome back to Open Mind with me, Frankie Bridge. Today, I have got a really good friend of mine. We've just spent nine days together trekking the Himalayas. She was the Bake Off winner of 2016. She's an author and a pub owner. (laughs) And most of all, she's now my good friend, Candice Brown. Hi. Hi. So weird, just next there's no one in here to do the fake I like, know, like, clap. Yay. I'm so pleased to have you on. Oh, I'm so pleased because you asked me. We'd literally never met before, no. had we? Before no. we decided to trek no. the Himalayas. No. So we had, obviously, we've got a good friend in common. And then do you remember that first day we went down? And I sat next to you in the briefing and you looked at me and you were like, You're right. And I was like, I didn't even know where they were before we came today. Like, what, <laughs> what are we the Himalayas? doing? Uh, yeah, and I was just sat there like, what have I done? And you were like, yeah, oh yeah. God, oh God. We were a bit nervous. Yeah, yeah. And I think, yeah, it was just great. Just become really good buddies. We just decided to stick together. I yeah. think because we both knew we were anxious. Yeah. It was like, I knew I could say all the things I was scared of to you and you would yeah. probably be scared of Absolutely. the same thing. Absolutely, and I knew I could pick up on stuff with you and probably do stuff before you'd even thought about it because I was already thinking about like, yeah. things. So. Like there was a moment on the because it took us three days to get to the Himalayas, didn't yeah. it? And it was three it was days. Three days. It was a long three days. We got there and we were like, are we done? Is yeah. That, is that the challenge? Is that what we raised money for? And um, we got on this sleeper train and they were like these little wipe down beds. And you and I had been given these weird little like little ones compared to on the, the other, other side of the yeah. walkway as and well. And yours was like a curtain. weird chair thing. Oh. And I remember just turning around and just seeing you and you looked like about eight years old <laughs> just sat there like your little shoulders hunched and you'd been so quiet for such a long time and I just looked to you and I was like are you alright and you were like mm-hmm. mm-hmm and I just came and put my arm around you and was just like sitting on my, be okay sitting on my coat <laughs> yeah like, not wanting to touch anything what are we doing like, and then oh I think the friendship was definitely if it hadn't already been formed it was formed when you shared the advice of the Albus oil on the tissue paper, rammed up the nostrils, oh, yeah. walking down the train like, we don't care. <laughs> I don't think that smell's ever going to leave me. I have nightmares about the smell of the, that train yeah, toilet. Yeah, the smell of the toilet was just insane. But we had oh. a good system going. We did. We 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 had a great system And we were going. toilet buddies. We were toilet buddies. Yeah, we were buddies in most things, actually. Yeah. yeah. That was great. What made you do the trek in the first place? I love a challenge. I love pushing myself, even though... I doubt myself most of the time. And mm. I think that's probably why I like pushing myself because it's a little bit of, you can do it. Even though you think you might be able to not, you can. Mm. And I think I just love a challenge. I love what Copperfield stands for. And I think it's really important, I suppose, teach your brain on and teach your head on that whole thing of being at school and kids not knowing about that. I didn't know about checking my breasts when I was at school. Mm. And I'm pretty sure the secondary schools I worked in, the kids didn't know about it either. And I just love everything it stands for. I followed them and supported. And to be honest, it was a real honour, actually. It was that more than anything. It was just an absolute honour to be asked. But, yeah, I love a challenge as well. 
So you're now in the position to be able to do stuff like this. So when you, it, going backwards mm. and you did Bake Off, yeah. did you kind of know what you were letting yourself in for with that? Um, not really, because the way I thought about Bake Off was I loved the show so much. And baking, I loved baking. It's I, I learned from my nan. I like to think that if I took anyone, any sort of thing from anybody, it was that from my nan. She was my favourite person in the whole world. And it was just that's what I feel like I... And most natural way. It's probably the one thing I think that comes a little bit more naturally to me. I've had to work hard sort of everything else. And um, I just love the show and I love baking. And I used to sit watching it and I used to go, oh, I'd love to be part of that. Never, oh, I could do that. I never used mm. to look at the challenge and go, oh, I could do that. I could do better than that. It was just, I would love to be part of that. And that was it really. I just wanted to be part of this lovely little bake-off family. Did you at any point ever think, oh, yeah, I'd win? Absolutely not. My God, no. I spent a lot of my time going, I can't do it, sitting on the floor at home, like, oh, gosh, just silent. I might have drank red wine out of a bottle once or twice. <laughs> um, not to be encouraged at Not home. Definitely not, no, no, out of a glass always. <laughs> and... Yeah, it was just nuts the whole way through. And when I did get upset on the show, it was interesting because I got a lot of, um, I got a lot of shit for what all that for like for getting upset and just being myself. And one of the things was getting upset. And I remember one of the papers saying like I threw a wobbler because I cried when my bread didn't cook. And it wasn't because I threw a wobbler. It wasn't because I was like having a tantrum. having a tantrum. I was mortified. I was. I mean, that didn't when I was terrified about seeing that episode the most because. To say I cried was an understatement. I was inconsolable because I was like, I I couldn't do it. I knew I couldn't do it. See, now everyone can see that I can't do it. Now everyone's going to know that I cannot do it. And mm. it was just, that's what it was. I was absolutely mortified. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed in front of Mary. I was embarrassed in front of Paul. All the other bakers who I was just like, God, they're going to be looking at me going, see, we knew she couldn't do it. And that was the reason for the tears. And when I used to sort of get sort of bad criticism it wasn't because I was like oh that's because you don't know what you're doing it was because oh my god I am mortified like what do I do how do I mm. how how else do I deal with that I've always had that no line between like anger and upset it's like you're fine you're fine you're fine Boof. no yeah. you're not <laughs> <laughs> and then after the show like how did that change your life just completely it was just nuts and it was it was just I don't know, it's hard to describe really because you don't know what you're going into. And we went into it as a 12 who love baking. That was our collective love. That was our collective enjoyment. And we were a real 12. We were a group and we are still a group. We are still a 12. That's nice. There was no split. There was no divide. So we had no ulterior motive to going in. None of our Instagrams were beautiful and mm. lovely and I'd never even, I'd had to kind of set up something sort of months previous because I thought I kind of should. I was quite slow on the uptake, but I'd never really done any of that. And um, I didn't know what to expect. We didn't, none of us knew what to expect. And then all of a sudden it was just like boom. And then obviously with the move to Channel 4, it was even more sort of looked at and spoken about and yeah, and then all of a sudden you got people sort of knocking on doors and family and friends ringing me going, oh, so-and-so's just turned up, or the school going, oh, 
Because you used to be a teacher. Yeah, I used to be a teacher saying, Candice, just to let you know, there's someone from a paper, you'll probably guess who, um, (laughs) in reception, just stay in the office. And I said, well, you need to ask them to leave. So you ask them to leave, they're not allowed to... Mm. And and it was just like what on earth, and then and then like, but then get asked to do things and sort of go on loose women in this morning and do food festivals and things like that. And people come to see me, and still now I'm like, what on earth? Like I wouldn't come and sit and listen to me li- listen to me <laughs> waffle on, on get yeah, waffle on about cakes. So I say, I just stand up here and funny around with cake, and people sit and listen, and it just it just blows my mind. Mm. And how have you found the criticism then? Because it clearly started quite early on. Mm. And coming from being someone who lived a normal life to then be thrown into like the spotlight and having people have negative co- and good comments, but any sort of opinion on you. How have you found that? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I am only human. And I think it's, I always sort of say like, you know, my friends and family, it's nothing I've not heard before when I was brought up in a pub. But when it's directed at you... It's quite hard and I didn't know what to expect. And I knew I wasn't going to be everybody's cup of tea. I annoy myself sometimes. Like, And as a teacher, like, I used to say to the students when I was teaching, please stop making me raise my voice. It's annoying me, so it must be really annoying you. Mm. And, and that's what I used to think. But the vileness that shocked me, like... I remember I got like there was like this like rape threat and murder and and everything. what was that for just for being on just TV for being on my face and pouting and but what people didn't realise is I've never smiled so one of the things my dad always says he calls me Winkle he still does oh Winkle it's just your face you've always done it and you go back and you look at pictures of me and I'm like this. And it's just the thing. But as I grew up, I hated my teeth. I hated my teeth. I've never been an open mouth smiler. Mm. If I did, then I hated it. Um, so the reason I don't smile with my teeth is because I hate them. And then concentration, apparently that's my go-to face. It always has been. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. It's just how my face draws in. And then obviously the lipstick draw attention to that. People say, lipstick, it draws attention to your sweet corn teeth and all this sort of stuff. And I'd be like... Sweet corn teeth? Oh, gosh, you've like the stuff that people used to come up with about my teeth... Like, what was wrong with your teeth? There's nothing wrong just, with them, or have you? Well, I had them a out? brace. I had a brace when I came out of Bake Off, and that annoyed me that I went and did that. I would have probably done it anyway at some point, but it was almost like I just like you got no idea how my, how much I hate them anyway. So stop going on about it. Yeah, and we did used to laugh, and in the end, like on Bake Off, they used to. I used to get called the C word quite a lot. <laughs> and it wasn't cook. No, no. <laughs> Why? Because they just did. It used to be smug that. And I used to hate that because it's like, you've got no idea. Smug's as far away from what, what I am. You are. In the end, my friends and family used to play a game. They'd see who could get in there first at the start of the episode, who could text me or ring me first and call me it. So they'd get in there first to take away like the, right. the impact of it online. And it's just, I don't know, or lipstick... I cried, I pouted, but what they didn't realise is that was just me and there was a whole other load of other stuff going on and the reasons behind all of that. Mm. But people can just be mean. But actually, it was a small amount and the support was incredible. But, yeah, I'm just human. But you kind of remember the bad stuff more than the good of, stuff, well, Of course. You? Of mm. course you do. Of course you do. You get people saying, oh, well done, congratulations, congratulations. But someone sticks in the C word instead of congratulations. You're going to remember the C word. Mm. So, but... I am human. Some days it was fine. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And I used to go back and go, right, just 
let's hope no one's just been as no one is ever as horrible as you've just been to me. Mm. Have a good day, or I hope your job goes well because at the moment you're affecting mine, and that's not right. So I don't have it in me to be nasty. That's kind of what I'd go back with. Yeah, it was just it was just odd, and but I think it was more when I did well. I think oh, I did really well then, and then I'd still get it, and I'd be like, "What have I done wrong? Yeah, how can I? What, 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 so what do I have to but do? It was already filmed. It's already done, mm. and I am me. I was exactly the same then as I am now. There's nothing I can do about it. But I just it's just a funny thing, and it just annoys me because it's just people growing up and kids growing up into that and thinking that it's okay to do that, and it's it's really not. And I know from being away from you, like we had loads of time to chat on yeah, all our three-day journey yes. and our two-journey home, two-day yeah. journey home. Yeah. Um, and we spoke a lot about our mental health. So yeah. I know that that's something that you suffer from anyway. Yeah. So yeah. What What is it that? So you have anxiety and yeah. Depression. So it's it's something that I don't know. When you asked me to do this, it was a lot. Oh my god, I'd love to. And then it was like. Oh, I'm gonna mm. speak about it because I've not actually really spoken about it. I've dipped yeah. in and out, in and out, and of it, and sort of mentioned it here and there. Like literally, I feel like I've swallowed a grapefruit now. Oh. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's something I suffered with before Bake Off. Um, so I suffer with clinic depression, chronic phobia, and PTSD after a trauma in hospital, which left me quite poorly, which wasn't my fault. Mm. Um. Yeah, so it it kind of reared its head about a year after that happened and then before Bake Off. And Bake Off was like my, or just baking was my, how, what I did when I was stressed, upset, happy, angry, cheerful, wanted to give presents, wanted to bake for myself. And when it was really bad, like, it was just more baking than I could, I knew what to do with sort of thing. So, yeah, and it's just, and then, but people would probably say, oh, what did you go on Baker for? But actually, it was because it was just something that I just so wanted to be part of. And, and you enjoyed it. I loved just it. Just because you have a mental illness, it doesn't mean that yeah. you can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. And you're proof of that, because you yeah. were going through that, you went on Bake Off and you won it. Yeah, I did. Hmm. And I think my reaction to winning, I think, says it all. There was never a point where I thought... I could win this. Oh, Candice, no, I don't want to make you cry. No, it's fine. What are you crying for? Just, yeah, stuff's hard and people don't realise. Mm. And, yeah, it's not something I've spoken about before and I'd never want anyone to go, oh, and that's that whole thing as well. It was a real battle. Even this morning, I was like, people are going to say, oh, you're jumping on the bandwagon. Actually, no, you've got no idea. You've got no idea what has been going on in my brain for the last five or six years. You've got no idea. So don't mm. ever believe that you, or ever think that you have. Mm. And I hate that. And, yeah, and I I don't think I could have, or I would have done this with anybody else. So thank you. Mm. But, yeah, it's shit. It has been shit. And... Yeah, sometimes I get angry, sometimes I'm like, okay, it's happening. It's probably going to be with me forever and and that's it. But, yeah, I loved, I love Bake Off. I owe it everything. Mm. I owe it everything. I loved it. And how do you then, because for you, I I didn't realise how coming on here and talking about it was such a big deal for you because you didn't tell me that. <laughs> Um, <laughs> now I've got you here, and yeah. now I know. No, it was, but anyone that knows me is like, oh, 
She's doing her least favourite thing. She's <laughs> talking about her feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well, you spoke to me loads about your feelings. I know, I know. And this is why I was happy to come and talk to you because mm. I don't think I'd, yeah, mm. because it just literally straight away something with me and you were like, we get it. We get it. Open Mind, the podcast, is sponsored by very.co.uk. I absolutely love Christmas and I particularly love the lead up to the big day. Whether it's choosing a tree or updating the decks, Very has got all your festive prep covered. Just go to very.co.uk and have a Merry Christmas. And how do you deal with it then on a daily basis? What's your way of coping... So I'm on like, I'm on medication. I have been since I've probably been on medication about five years. Various different ones. Um, we spoke about that as well. Some like it's. I suppose in some ways it's better than it was, and in some ways it's worse. So at its worst, I was being dragged out of bed by my feet, and the duvet being shut in the bathroom. So there was nothing on the bed, so I had to get up. Oh really? Yeah go to work, you have to go to work, go to work, you have to go to work, come on, get up, please get up. They were like the really bad days and those thoughts of what can I do to get out of of going to work, what can I do to get out of this? Not very nice thoughts as well, which is awful. Thoughts of it'll be easier if you're not here. Well, yeah, but yeah. also if I, if I physic, if there's a physical injury as well. Right. People can see that and people understand that, don't they? Mm. But I actually made a really big mistake in, I, I left a school that I really loved. I was ahead of year and I loved the school, Chancellors in Brookman's Park, just incredible. Really, really allow, allowed me to flourish as a teacher. I was a PE teacher, quite quickly got ahead of year role, loved my year group, so I had a, sort of a lot of responsibility. The kids were amazing, nuts, but amazing. I was, they used oh, I was a bitch. I was a bitch, but as a teacher, it's like <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde. But I was good at what I did, and I knew how to get results from them and find things out and sort of work through through things. And I think it was maybe because I was kind of dealing with stuff myself. I was like, don't ever think I don't understand because I do. And mm. I say that now as well. Do uh, you wish you stayed at the school then? I do because because when I got so bad, I got when sort of the depression, everything sort of was really quite bad. I also broke my coccyx as well. I slipped down an escalator, oh. broke my coccyx. We ended up on so not being able to work. And mm. when I'm not working, is when it's worse. My brain goes into overdrive. You're not working because you're not good enough. You're not working because nobody wants you to work. And that's that same battle I have now being self-employed, which is uh, like yeah. imposter syndrome. Like oh, 100%. On the phone to the agents. Am I all right? Am I doing all right? Am I doing it? Have I got enough work coming? Is everything all right? And they're like, you I'm are. so glad you're the same because my poor manager deserves a fucking medal, yeah. mate. Because yeah. like, it goes like a few weeks yeah. and I'm fine, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden I'm like, um, why am I not doing this? Everyone yep. else is doing that. I haven't been invited to that. Oh, uh, haven't had God. this job. And why is this? And it's not because I'm jealous of people, but I'm like, they're obviously better than me yeah. and <clears throat> I'm not doing any That's of that exactly, stuff. exactly the same thought process. Exactly. They had that two weeks ago. Am I okay? Is everything okay? And they, they will list out things. Look, this is where you've got blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I have to like, right, okay, okay. And then I'm, I see something, I'm like, well, I didn't get asked to do that. Well, yeah. why, why am I not doing that? And then I think, right 
just check, check yourself and check what you're doing. But um, and I suppose with teaching, you never really had that. <clears throat> no, because it was it was a it was a permanent job. But it got really difficult, and the stress level was really high because of myself, but because of the school. So I thought I'm going to take a step back and I'll I'll have a job change. So I went to another school, which was just a massive mistake. I didn't fit in, which was just awful. They didn't allow me to be me. Like, and I now realise I was probably bullied's a strong word, but staff really didn't have anything to do with me. The kids weren't great towards me. When the kids weren't great towards me, the teachers or the staff didn't back me up. Mm. The parents weren't great. And it was just, I had nowhere to sort of go. And when things were really bad, I had nobody to talk to. And I was told by quite a senior member of staff that they were embarrassed to stand next to me in assembly because I wore lipstick and pattern tights. And I was like, we're in what? the 21st century. So I left there after about six months and went to um, school, Ashlands in Berkhamsted, where I was second in the special needs department, which is what I really wanted to get into. And just the support was just next level. And it was just really difficult because I was battling myself and then also was just battling this oh my God, this looks awful So I'm applying for a job six months. I didn't want to let the school down, even though I felt the school was letting me down. So, yeah, when the head said, oh, I've got two different signed kind of references, one saying we wish she'd never left, we'd have her back in a heartbeat, and one saying we wish we'd never employed her. And I was like... Wow. Yeah, and I was like, OK. So Why do you think they had such a strong opinion? I, I just didn't fit in. I, my accent, the way I looked, the way I dressed, it just, it just, didn't, it just didn't fit, I suppose, which mm. is just... But then they shouldn't have hired you in the first place then. Exactly. 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 Which is against everything I ever think me. So I went to Ashlyn's and the support was just incredible. The head allowed me time off to do Bake Off, allowed me time to, as as chancellors did, allowed me time to go and sort of have therapy and bits and pieces and have hospital appointments and and so So is that what you started off with then? Like what got you to the point where you were like, right, I need to go and have therapy? I was called to go for a smear test and I absolutely lost my shit. I just lost my head, completely irrational. Because you were nervous? Just the phobia kicking in, so the issues were gynae-related trauma. So, yeah, it just... I knew I was, like, struggling with it, but then this complete and utter overreaction breakdown, which then was just, like, almost like a snowball effect of everything else. So, yeah... Did they suggest you went to a therapist or did you decide? Yeah, I got I got referred. I spoke to the doctor, incredible doctor, really, really supportive. We tried different things and then started on some medication. But as I said, I broke my coccyx, so I ended up not working, um, being on tramadol and oromorph, which meant I wasn't moving, which meant I was just kind of zombified, mm. lost loads of weight and just... It was just like this weird, it was just like a ridiculous snowball effect. Mm. It was just like loads of medication and just trying to kind of still carry on and then going back to work and being like, right, okay, but still just these weird things happening, like all of a sudden, oh, someone stood really close behind me. What, I don't like that, I don't like that. What, like, oh, why, why don't I like that and that sort of thing and just, yeah. Uncomfortable in your own skin. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose that's... That's so where the PTSD comes in and then the depression, yeah. With medication, were you reluctant to go on it or were you quite happy to just try it? I was at first because I think it's probably one of those things, I think I saw somebody else say it recently, when you start medica- stay, taking medication, then like it's real. 
Right. I got angry at myself, actually, because it was like, you, you're now relying on something else. And I found that quite difficult to, to kind of, to deal with that I was having to take something. And then having sort of, after having some therapy, some group therapy, them sort of saying that this is, this will probably be a reoccurring thing, like it will settle down. And then the chances of you having bouts of this depression will return later in life, whether it's blah, blah, blah. And I just thought, I'm going to have to rely on things Mm. that's out of my control. And that really pissed me off, I think. But now I have a completely different thought process to it because it's actually, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. My brain's just got a little bit of an imbalance somewhere because of something that wasn't my fault. And that's what I need to do to try and sort of find that balance again. But it's not been straightforward, has it? You've had to try quite a few different yeah, things. Yeah, different things. Because I think people think you get given a pill, it works, yeah. and then that's Here's it. your happy pill. Yeah, Ta-da. but it's just not how it works. No, <clears throat> and it can be a mixture of things. And they make you really poorly to begin with. Oh, it's horrible. Um, awful when your body yeah. starts adjusting to them. So, yeah, I started on, I started on one, and then obviously a certain amount, and then it went up, and then it went down, and then along with that, it was like sleeping pills. I've always really struggled with my sleep. Sometimes it's worse than others, and then anxiety, so sort of diazepam and things like that. So it's just trying to find that balance, and obviously not becoming reliant on stuff. So recently, I've I've needed to change because the sleep's just gone out the window again. Um, my brain, oh, I go through phases of singing songs the other night. What do you mean? In your so, sleep? Oh, when I'm laying there trying to go to sleep, <laughs> oh, my <mate>. brain, <laughs> status quo, whatever you want, <laughs> continuously. Your poor husband. Just, no, just in my brain. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like, like out loud. Did, did, God, no. And I'm just laying there like, stop. Did it, did it. Did it, did it. No, no, no more whatever you want. I want to go to sleep. Um, but... Yeah, so I, I've changed recently, but uh, I was just saying to you beforehand, one of the main side effects was weight gain. Mm. So now I've just been obsessing with this idea of weight gain. Have you been <clears throat> obsessed always, have you worried about putting on weight? Or is it since, because I know you got pictured in a bikini yeah. and you got a lot of horrible yeah. comments about that. Has it been worse since then or is it something you've always been worried about? Um, I think... I think women, men, I think we're all, sometimes we hate what we've been given and we'll always find fault in something. And I try so hard to kind of be like an advocate of there's no, there's no perfection. You are fine the way you are. But actually, I'm my own massive hypocrite because then I'll be having a massive battle with that. Growing up, went through all of that. Yeah, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. Did sport and and things, just silly with food sometimes. Mum and dad used to do their nut with me and then it'd be all right. And it's just, and I knew what, about... because you weren't eating? Yeah, I wouldn't eat or I'd just, like, I used to joke about just, I'd eat cherry brandy ice lollies at school, like, for my lunch and stuff like that. But it's just, I suppose, it's just how people see themselves and you see yourself and people can say as much as they're like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, but you'll always pick fault. And then I kind of, obviously, I got older and it was, like, things like my boobs. I hated my boobs. I had small boobs. And I had this real battle and I really thought, like, I'm, I'm going to have to do something about this. And then I got older and I thought, actually, I don't really mind. They're all right. And then all of a sudden it creeps in. I'm like, but it used to be like a massive thing. So I, I'm like finding that balance in places. And then, like, you go on holiday and everyone, sometimes you kind of think, well, OK, well, do I try and lose a few pounds or mm. try and tone up? 
And yeah, I went away with some of my girls. I was having a great time in Vegas. Didn't know anyone was taking any pictures and that annoys me as well. So it's like, when did it become okay for someone to take a picture of you in your bikini without knowing? Or like, it's just like, like stalking. below as well. Yeah. From, and like one of them was like from underneath and then they started saying I would look like I was pregnant and I was fat and all this sort of stuff. And that was, re that was hard actually because I was like, oh man, like everyone can see that and I do look a bit rank. And then as many as much as people go, oh, you look fine, it's normal, it's normal. And I'd be telling someone else, mm. that's fine, you look normal, you look great. In my head, I was like, that's not But it ruins look. it because you've had a great time. Like I had it quite recently in Miami and I've got a real insecurity about my legs. And since mm. I've had the boys, my skin's really like loose and I've got stretch marks. And um, I loads of pictures come out of me. For like three days, they took pictures of yeah. us. And I'd just been having a good time. Mm -hmm. And I was already self-conscious being in a bikini anyway without having pictures taken. And then all these pictures came out and it ruined the holiday for me yeah. then. And it ruined like almost like the memories because you yeah. had such a good time yeah. and then this just puts such a negative spin on it. And you're yeah. just like, you know it shouldn't be that big a deal, but you just no. can't help it. Yeah, no, you can't. And I put a picture up of me and one of his friends, Anna, and it was us in the lift on the way out. And it was, a, I really love the picture. So I always call her, she's the blondie to my brownie. And like some comments were like, are you pregnant? And I was like, well, because you can see an outline of my stomach. Like, I fear for people. And that's when, that's when I get angry about the next generation thinking that they can't breathe out, thinking they can't have that slice of cake. They can't have four slush puppies a day. I might have done that in Vegas. Um, <laughs> slush puppy. Slush puppy. Um, I know, really bad, like really bad, like love for them. And yeah, it's just like, guys, like you're setting up a really, really bad situation. It's okay to have dimples and marks and things, but the papers can say, and they can put it in a celebratory way as much as they like. Yeah, but they know why they're putting it there. And that's the same for me. Uh -huh. It was like, they said nothing yeah. about it, nope. but by putting the pictures they chose as well, yeah. I was like, they've yeah. chosen those particular ones on purpose. Yeah. Like, we're not stupid. Yeah. And, um, but because they haven't said the words, it's like, oh, they can get away yeah. with it. And it's I mean, like, I think they would have been better off if someone had like followed us into the hotel when me and my um, one of the girls decided to have a swim in a race back to the room along the carpet. I mean, that would have made a much better photo. Much better. For like sure. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I also had um, like a wet a wet floor sign on my head. So, I, I mean, that was a great look. Yeah. That was a great look. <laughs> that sounds really fun. <laughs> well, I'm really proud of you, genuinely proud of you for coming on. Thank I'm you. sad that I made you cry. No, don't. Um, I'm just a very emotional sort of anyway. And I think that's part and pass of just stuff. And I think changing medication, all sorts going on. But I think one of the things, and I spoke to my mum and dad yesterday and just sort of said, well, actually... I've never really spoken about it properly and maybe it's time that actually people don't always know what's going on. So don't, I think the biggest thing is actually don't ever, ever assume that things are okay enough for you to comment or anything like that because actually there's a lot going on, like with you and things like that. Like while we're away, I'd say to you, bloody hell, you're so fucking gorgeous and you'd go, oh, stop it. <laughs> and like that, and like people don't know, and people didn't know. And I was talking to my dad last night, and I think one of the things that stuck with me is that picture of you and Molly. Mm. And that's a massive, that's an iconic picture. Was an iconic picture for so many reasons, but then mm. you told the real reason behind that picture, and that really stuck with me because people see you front on, and they're like, oh, okay. 
and people saw you from behind and they were like, oh, look how close they are, blah, blah, blah. Actually, what they didn't realise was that was for a very reason. I think mm. you've, you go, yeah, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done this for anyone else. Thank you. Well, we're going to go and have a nice lunch now yes. and have nice chats. Yes, and you're going to see if you can eat a donut. And I'm 100% going to eat a donut oh. because Candice, actually, before we go, was like literally my feeder when we were away. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm surprised I came back a few pounds I was lighter. Delivery, wasn't you I? literally, she'd come and deliver little like. Uh, yummy things in our little room yeah. um, and while we were travelling she was literally the king of snacks like yeah, had everything going so many. and on the last day they um, made us it was a nice idea sit on the floor and eat in like a proper Indian way like we ate off these leaves and they served up our food on the floor we had to sit on the floor and eat with our hands didn't we yeah. which literally ticks all of my OCD anxiety yeah. issues first of all eating off the freaking floor like yeah. What the hell? We've been walking over that floor for yeah. the last nine days. Yeah. They gave me a leaf that had someone else's old curry juice on it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, mate. I had Katie, which is Giovanna's best friend, taking pictures of me. And I was like, Katie, what are you taking pictures for? And she was like, because you look so stressed. It's really entertaining. Yeah. Giovanna was sitting opposite me laughing because she knew exactly what I was thinking. And then Candice, who I'd only known for like the last like week, comes up behind me like a fucking hero <laughs> with some antiseptic wipe <laughs> and wiped the floor and the leaf for me and I couldn't have loved you more in that moment. You just looked up at me like all wide-eyed like, thank you. She literally saved me so for that you will always be my friend. Always, always. Thanks, Candy. No, thank you, babes. <laughs> This episode of Open Mind, the podcast, was sponsored by very.co.uk.